I'm going in. It's too big. Size matters not. Didn't go in. So it's big. What's up, Star Wars fans? Welcome to episode 17 of Hoth Topic. I'm your host, Chris, otherwise known as Darth Dad, on our main show, the Sarlacc Digest. Coming at you today, I'm. Uh, it's actually Saturday. I usually tape on Wednesdays, but uh, I had a few things, uh, technical difficulties, we'll say, more with me than the actual equipment itself, but I was unable to record up until now. Um, but we got nothing new since then, so we're just going to go ahead and drop this. We'll get it out by Monday. Hopefully, this is when you're uh, listening on your drive to work. So uh, we'll get this thing started. For the 17th episode, I really wanted to get down because we're, we're into the new year now, right? So I really wanted to uh, start theorizing. And it's not even theorizing, right? I got this whole fucking outline of episode 9, like if I was writing it. Nothing to do with any... Uh, leaks, spoilers, anything in the world, nothing to do with anything at all. Just I sat down on some lunch breaks and started doodling some notes and came up with this bullshit fan service nonsense that I'll share with you in a little while. But what I did on the uh, the page, as you guys know, if you follow the page, is I, I asked everybody else, what do they want to see from Episode Nine? Uh, what are they hoping? Do they have any theories? Things like that. It didn't affect what I already written, but we'll see if it matches up at all. And before that, there were two kind of things going on in the Star Wars universe, on our end anyway, that uh, caused a little bit of ruckus this last week. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about that. I actually got into a couple of internet fights, and I, I know that's shocking because I, I stay so quiet on the internet and I let everybody just have their opinion and, and whatnot. But I actually did get into two fairly decent you know, discussions, and we're going to kind of go over that right now. Let's start off with the... Lucasfilm marketing team's announcement or just confirmation that they're using the term Ray's lightsaber now when discussing the the Skywalker saber. Not a big deal to me. I, I see what it is. We're in the middle or near the, the end of a trilogy. Uh, the main character is Ray, and she was holding the saber. She had gotten the saber when Luke threw it out. It's not that hard to figure out that at that moment, for this time, it's Ray's lightsaber, right? It didn't really bother me too much. It called to her in The Force Awakens. She used it in The Last Jedi. I'm not seeing a, a big issue here. It's like one of those things where you can call it what you want to call it, but I know what it is, where it came from, who it belongs to, and it passes down, right? Well, the big argument online is, no, 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 that's Anakin's saber. You can't call it. Anakin built it. That's Anakin's saber. You can't change the name. And my first bit of discussion with it was, well, it's not his now. He doesn't possess it. He's dead. He's gone. It's Ray. She's in possession of it. Well, they argued, you know, that it was never given to her, yada, yada, but it was Anakin's that built it. And, it, and forever and always, it'll be known as Anakin's saber to me. And I'm like, okay, well, until 2005, you didn't call it Anakin's saber because we had never seen it in Anakin's hand, right? It was always Luke's saber. Anytime you went to a store and bought a lightsaber, you knew you were buying Luke's lightsaber. You never said, I'm going to get Anakin's lightsaber. Only after Revenge of the Sith did anybody consider it Anakin's. And that's not, the you know, that's what, 28 years after Star Wars came out, you're going to start thinking things differently. So the argument comes back to me, like, uh, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't sit well with them. I'm like, well, listen to it this way. I have a car, right? Son turns 16. I give that car to my son. This is now my son's car. It's not my car that my son is using. It's his car. If in three, four years he goes off to college, well, he's going to college this year, but regardless, just a story. He goes to college, gives the car to my other son. That car then belongs to my other son, right? It's his car now, not my son's, not mine. It's, he's not driving around the car going, this is my dad's car. It's his car, right? And that's how it works. Who's possessing it, it belongs to them unless there's some kind of dispute about it internally with the person that made it and obviously that's not happening because that person is dead and the person the heir to that is also at this point now dead even though the saber's broke but he didn't want it right shit if anything we could argue that it's obi-wan's saber because he had it for 19 fucking years which is longer than anybody else had it but that never seems to be an issue at all because he didn't wield it right the others have wielded it 
and really, this is the only thing that we we talk about, you know, uh, is lightsabers. So that always says somebody's name on it, right? The argument came back to me there. Oh well, it wasn't Unkar Plutz Falcon when we we see it, it's always Hans Falcon. And I'm like, well, in the, where in the marketing does it ever say Hans Falcon? It just says the Millennium Fucking Falcon. It's a character on itself, right? Now, if we were to to give it title and and ownership, right? It would have been Unkar Plutz in the beginning of The Force Awakens, but by the time we figure all that out, Han has it back anyway. It wasn't even worth the discussion. This guy just wanted to argue with me. So I'm like, no, it would have been Plutz, but we never even went through that piece. I guess for the last two years, that was Unkar Plutz Millennium Falcon. So I I came back again. I'm like, all right, well, if we're going to play this game, I guess Han's DL-44 is actually Beckett's because that's not Han's. That was Beckett's first, so we're just going to go through that. But they didn't want to hear that either. So, you know, if you're going to be an internet troll, at least be ready to have a discussion about it and back it up and, and go through some stuff because he, he really couldn't do shit right there. And we, we went back and forth, and he pretty much begged me to stop correcting him. He just, he, I'm going to call it Anakin's nuts. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home, which is funny that we argue like that online. You know, we are a bunch of adults, but if you're going to be wrong, be wrong. If I am ever wrong which you guys know isn't too often. I will own it. I'll be like, oh, shit, I fucked up. I was wrong. The trailer didn't come out then. Oh, that character didn't do what I thought he was going to do. My bad. You know, that kind of shit. I'll, I'll own it. I don't give a shit. But don't argue about stuff when you're obviously a jackass. Oh, speaking of jackasses, there was another one I had online. This was on Facebook, I think. And it was about uh, Haldo using light speed as a weapon to go through Snoke's ship in the in the last jedi which is still a fucking argument which drives me nuts but this is one of those things where like i get some of the arguments you guys know this i i, I get some of the discussion i get some of the hate i get that canto bite was too long though i understand the reasoning for the 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 scenes i get canto bite and i i appreciate it but it was too long right and a, a bit goofy i i get most of the stuff i don't get the milking scene so i, I mean i'll give you guys things that didn't make sense or were not great in the last Jedi. I'm not silly. I see that the, the the madness, but using a ship as a weapon is not an issue at all. Like none whatsoever. Like I have no problem. This fool wants to go through how you're just jumping in a wormhole from right from that point to the other point. I'm like, well, no, you're traveling through light speed. You can hit stuff if you're in light speed. That's why you have to chart a path through the hyperspace lanes. That's why, you know, um, the, the creatures, oh my god, I just lost their name, the Fergals, the Purgles in uh, Rebels can be an issue and a hazard to ships going through hyperspace lanes. They can run into them, they can cross through them, they travel through the lanes. All this stuff, it's not like you're just going boop, boop, and just popping out. It takes time. You are traveling, not just teleporting. So you're going to go through shit, right? So going through Snoke's ship makes sense. And they're like, no, no, it wouldn't hit the ship. I'm like, well, then why the fuck would a blockade work? Right? Why would every every time a ship with a hyperdrive comes up on a blockade, why wouldn't they just go to hyperspeed? Right? Hyperspace. Why wouldn't that just be okay? He's all, well, I don't know why blockades work. It just does. Well, that if your thing is the ship wouldn't be harmed, then there'd be no reason for nobody else to to worry about a blockade, right? It, it would never be an issue. Of course we're going to hit it. He's all, Then he says, well, why doesn't, why don't they just do that every time? Why don't they just shoot, you know, ships through Star Destroyers and Death Stars and stuff if that's going to work? I'm like, that's like the last resort, you know, like in real life on Earth. I know damn well a jet flying through a jet will destroy the jets, right? If I want to take this bad guy out, I can fly my jet through that jet if I was a pilot. But you don't do that. You use your missiles. You use your guns. You use everything else. You don't just start flying ships through ships. Right? So it's a last resort. That's the same thing in Star Wars. They don't sit there and, like, that's the battle plan. Hey, let's take out our, you know, Calamarian cruiser over here and let's just ram through the fucking other ships to take them out. That's not how it works. We have seen ships go through other ships and destroy them. Like in Return of the Jedi, the uh, A-Wing went through. We saw a Star Destroyer crash into the, the Death Star. All that kind of stuff. You can cause damage. I'm not sure why this guy was so adamant. I mean, it went on all fucking day. I mean, I was off. It was no big deal, right? We were just watching football all day, and I was arguing with this jackal. But, you know, no biggie. But I, if, you, if I'm wrong, if you guys think I'm wrong on this one, tell me. Would the ship cause damage to the other ship if you shot through it at hyperspeed, right? If you traveled through hyperspace and there was this supremacy right in your way, right in the lane that you're going to, would it damage it? That made total sense to me. 
the argument I usually hear is, oh, it should have been Akbar, which I've covered that many times why it shouldn't have been Akbar. It was fine to be Haldo. But the fact that the ship wouldn't cause damage was just asinine. It, I mean, all day with this Joker. Eventually, uh, it was on Plo Cool's page, and eventually he blocked him and deleted all of his shit. You can see, like, I have 40 responses, but there's nobody else in there now. Um, but just out of his fucking mind, just trolling. So, fuck it. That was another argument this week. And I had forgot all about it till we said the word jackass, and it popped right back in my head. So the other big thing going on, at least in the in the fan realm, was Star Wars theories, uh, fan made film, right? Which I talked about last week, which is a, a decent film, a good film, a lot of talent on Star Wars theories part, uh, a lot of time, love, effort put into it. Uh, but like I had mentioned last week, you know, you you run the risk of Oh, I mentioned on the page, you run the risk of somebody coming after you when you're using licensed characters and licensed music. You know, and that's what happened. They 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 had not a cease and desist, but they were getting told off basically for monetizing and telling them to pull their, their video down. So everybody jumped on, oh, I fucking hate Disney, and let's let's boycott Nine, and this and that, and how they don't give a fuck about the fans. You know, Disney's all in this about the money. First off, before I actually cover it, yes, Disney's in it about the money. So is Lucasfilm. Anybody who thinks any different and thinks that these companies are out there just to make movies for us, just to make us happy, are a bunch of fucking imbeciles. Because business is business. You have stockholders to answer to, whether you're, you're MGM, you know, whoever, right? Uh, Fox, Sony, Disney. You have to answer to people. And you have to put out products that make money. And you have to find different ways to, to generate revenue. So fuck you for being mad at Disney for trying to make money. It's not a cash cow. It's a fucking business. It's it's a property that they use to make money and generate revenue, which does a great job. So again, fuck off on that piece first off. Secondly, it wasn't Disney. It was Warner Chapel. And even after that comes out and everything goes and Disney makes Warner Chapel stop with what they did, right? And they they take they get them to take it back. Disney jumped in and let them do that. Everybody's still all over Disney because they don't actually read articles. They read headlines. And this has been my problem for the last two years on the Internet going through everybody is read the fucking article. Do a little bit of research on your own. It doesn't have to take a long time, just a little bit, and you can get the, the real answer. At least read it so you can tell what's going on. Headlines take things out of context. They don't research it. Just it's a it's a clickbait, right? And you're not even clicking to get the real article. The headline is getting you dragged in, and it does that all throughout the world, not just Star Wars. It drives me fucking nuts. Like half the political arguments are all based on headlines and memes, and that have nothing to do with with real facts. And it's the same in our little world here at Star Wars and in the Marvel universe and DC. You know, it's all this stuff where people just want to get your click and want to get your attention, so they put out madness or they make a meme and think they're being funny and going to get clicks, but really it sets everybody off and puts them on a, a path of, of ignorance. And, and you just have to argue with these people, and they're like, no, I saw it on the Internet. I saw this headline that said, oh, no, I have this meme. Shut the fuck up. But anyway, it wasn't Disney that did it. Everybody can back off. We don't have to boycott Nine because they went after a poor, sad fan. You know, they didn't. It was Warner Chapel who owns the rights to the music. You know when you post something online, you know, most people put on their, a lot of people put on their, I do not own the rights to this music. It's the same type of thing. you got to give credit where credit is due. You don't, people on, okay, here's the hypocritical part. Half the people bitching online get so mad if somebody steals their meme and doesn't give them credit. Like, right? That's not a problem, you know, to, to most people. Who gives a fuck? Go share the meme. Go ahead. It's funny. Share it. You're not getting anything for it, right? You just want your credit. But you get so you get so mad at Disney, you think it's Disney, for wanting to protect the property they created, right? Or Lucasfilm created, sold to Disney, and Disney's creating the new stuff. But you get so mad at them for protecting their property, but God forbid somebody takes your fucking meme and, and shares it without credit because then you lose your fucking mind and have a war online. So think about that next time you want to argue about Disney and people's licensed properties. So the fuck. Right on. So I'm done being worked up about all that madness. I got to get worked up at least an hour a day, and that was 15 minutes of my worked up for today. So I got 45 minutes somewhere else. But, uh, oh, I'm going to see Glass right after I record this, so hopefully that doesn't get me all worked up. Oh, in fact, <clears throat> let's go ahead and do this. I'm going to finish this show up. I'm going to watch Glass, and I'm going to come back and tell you if the critics are right or wrong, just so you know, because I've been arguing that all week, too. And here's the thing. Oh, let's shoot that up real quick. RLU, Rich. 
Fellas, okay, so I was listening to the last weekly show, and I know you were going through reading listener feedback on the comments, and I believe there was a point where you couldn't read one of my comments. You'd think I had bad handwriting in the, uh, in the Instagram field or something. Um, and I believe I was told I need a spell check, uh, you fucking dick. Is what it, I believe the quote was, which I can take the fucking dick part, no problem. But I in no way need a fucking spell check. So let me read this to you and let's see if we can make sense so we can get your comprehension down. Are you ready for this? I'm going to go slowly for you, okay? Damn, you guys are posting like I used to on Starlight. Like, there's a lot of fucking posts on here. I got to find the goddamn thing. Hold on a sec. Uh, do, 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 do. Ah, here it is. Okay. So, says, meh, RT. Which means Rotten Tomatoes. Get with the lingo, guys. Come on. RT and critics blasted Fantastic Beasts as well, and I love that. Pretty clear, right? Rotten Tomatoes and critics were blasting that, but it doesn't mean anything because I liked it. That was the first sentence, okay? Next sentence. Critics think the word means that they have to hate stuff. That's verbatim. Critics think the word means that they have to hate stuff. The word being critic... Their job title, what they call themselves. Critic is the word. The word critic makes them think they need to hate stuff. There you go. I've explained myself in that comment. So here's my deal. Critics we know blast everything we like, right? They only like the things that are, how do I say it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe more important or um, uh, bending the rules a bit. You got Black Panther, Wonder Woman, um, when they're they're more culturally inclusive or culturally important, okay? But we don't. But they bash everything else. There, there's not a whole lot of love in anything. And the things they do love, most of the time, I'm like, really? You like that part? And and that drives me wild. You know, like they they would be all over Iron Man three as opposed to Winter Soldier type of thing. And that's that's a problem. That's just an example, by the way. I didn't look on Rotten Tomatoes and and get the score, but that's that's how I see it, right? Like Fantastic Beasts, they were ripping it, like ripping it apart, how horrible it was. I watched it, I enjoyed it, I dug it. Am I going to watch it a hundred times? No, but it certainly didn't deserve the hate. Like Last Jedi, how much shit did that catch? Solo, how much shit did that catch? And, you know, Solo deserves no bashing. And it just, the critics just criticize because they think it's edgy. Because, again, it gets them clicks, it gets them uh, comments, it gets discussion going. That's all it fucking is. Their, their opinions, their overrated opinions, and their, you know, they, they try to be, um, I wish they talked like real people, right? Read some of this fucking shit they put on there. They really think they're just scholars and all this, and really they're sitting in their basement or, or just rolling around town, you know, putting this and writing this as, as they're sitting in a fucking Starbucks. And it's, you know, we're not writing novels here. We're not writing great masterpieces, but they act like they are, and it's, it's, it's maddening. But anyway, they dig on hate and stuff, so I don't take anybody's word for it. But I do take mine, and you should too. So I'll uh, I'll do a little ending at the end here. I'll, I'll pause it, go see the movie, come back, and let you know what I think. But take that, Rich. I can totally type. Didn't need spell check, damn it. Whatever. Now, on to the listener feedback and our friend feedback on Instagram, Facebook, um, and everywhere else we are. So let's go ahead and pull those up. And starting out with 80s, baby, Dario. Let's see. What does Dario have to say for us? Uh, RLU family member, and he runs the RLU uh, IG page. Let's take a look. I like the Star Wars movies. I'm not the biggest fan, but I enjoy them. I learned from you and the rest of the Sarlacc Digest. Well, damn straight you do. That's how everybody should do it. Now, here are my wants. I would want for nine to end open-ended in a way, not to continue the Skywalker theme, but to leave it where any movie after this can literally be anything. A new Jedi or multiple ones. I don't know if I'm wording this right, but I mean not just to focus on one family tree, that's all. I hope you can figure out what I'm trying to say, LOL. I can figure out what you're trying to say because I can comprehend stuff. So absolutely, even with your faux pas and, and your punctuation and capitalization, I still understood that and read it quite well. So take that, fellas. And yeah, I think that's the plan. That's my hope, too. You know, we're going to have nine feature movies, countless comics, novels, and everything that cover the Skywalker lineage. And I do think it's time to to move on from them. I don't know if it's going to be with Rey. Uh, I actually hope not. I, I hope this just ends that whole 
that whole story, this whole timeline, and we go either deep in the past or deep in the future or same time frame, fine, but to the side. You know, it's a, it's a huge galaxy. So we can go elsewhere and learn about other sects of sects, S-E-C-T-S, um, of force users, things like that. But I do think force users are wicked important in all of this, right? Um, Rogue One didn't have a lot, but it had enough and enough talk of it to be cool. Um, kind of, I think that's why I'm having trouble with resistance right now. I'm not getting any war and I'm not getting any force. So I, I think that's the the real problem I'm having with resistance. I talked about it a little bit on Sarlacc. Um, it's, it's different than everything else. It's not Skywalker related. It's not anything, but it has nothing that drags me in. But yeah, I hope the same thing. I hope the, the Skywalker saga, we just move on well far from it at this point. Now to the Chris Porteous. I hope that Ben reestablishes the government on Coruscant and the rebellion has built itself up. When the Yuuzhan Vong, probably a watered-down renamed version, invade and require the First Order and the rebellion to work together in order to save the civilized galaxy and Ben and Ray die at the conclusion. That's half-joking, but I would love to see an assault on Coruscant that actually gets down to the planet rather than a brief space battle we saw in 3. I dig that, and I actually wrote dig it. Um, I don't dig the part about working together, although I see where you're going with the Yuuzhan Vong, and I, I kind of wish that could kind of happen. But the fir First Order and, and Rebellion, I don't see working together, not in a, a f finale of the, of the trilogy, not in the final act. Um, but seeing them all die, seeing a battle on Coruscant, that would be completely cool. And I actually have a little bit of Coruscant in my um, drawn-out, ridiculous uh, fan theory funness later. Cool. But yeah, I would, I would love to see that too. All right, Dave Melendez, I'm not that deep. I want to see what Ray does for a new lightsaber. Does Kylo Ren decide to wear a mask again? Does Poe get his third X-Wing, or is he the new general in charge? Is there a new batch of Jedi Ray, uh, of Jedi Ray is teaching? Is Finn still out of breath? So I would say I'm thinking I didn't cover this part. I didn't get into this kind of minute detail. On it. I should have. I think Ray will have a new saber, but using the crystal that was broken or maybe piecing together the uh, old now Ray's lightsaber. Um, I, I think that would that would work. Kylo, I think, will wear a mask. I think I, I know I cover this in a different show, but I think the mask is more symbolic. It's not necessary. It, it strikes fear in people. I think that's why he uses it. It's way more terrifying to see this masked man come up than Kylo Ren's face. And even though we as an audience have seen him unmasked not everybody in the galaxy has right so they still see him as a masked figure it's not like as soon as he took his helmet off there were paparazzi around a tmz reported that kylo ren without his mask here you go you know it's it's not how it works in a galaxy far far away so i'm sure i do think poe will be high up in the uh in the in the rebellion now i think he'll be a general but i still think he'll fly his own so i i do think we'll see him flying an x-wing but he will be in charge um, I think there'll be a new batch of Jedi, and I talked about that a bit. And is Finn still out of breath? He has a permanent respirator now. He uses uh, much like Saw Gerrera. So just to keep him from huffing and puffing at every single moment. Vegetable Ren! I want to know if the... Oh, Vegetable Ren. Vegetable Tube! I want to know if the Knights of Ren will be in 9. Are the Knights of Ren trying to carry on traditions from Knights of the Old Republic? Just guessing because the word knight is used. I was wondering if from the EU books, was there... Anyone who tried to experiment on Force-sensitive beings to try to figure out how to make themselves Force-sensitive because they were not. Um, I don't know about making themselves Force-sensitive, but they were cloning of other Force-sensitive Force-sensitives. Um, it doesn't work too well, but I don't know about experimenting on themselves. That would kind of be a cool arc to, to see in a, a book or comic. Um, I do think the Knights of Ren are going to be in nine. I think they're going to have a nice piece. Um kind of going out to do Kylo's bidding. Here's the thing. We've kind of assumed always since The Force Awakens that the Knights of Ren were with him at the time when he destroyed the Jedi Temple, right? And I don't think that makes sense anymore. Um, after watching The Last Jedi and knowing that he was just in his bed, in his Jedi garb, chilling, minding his business, I don't think right then when he pulls Luke down he would have been able to get these other guys you know, to join him and destroy everybody that fast. I mean, unless it was going on and we get a little more backstory, I don't see it. I actually think his Knights of Ren come from Snoke. I think these are people Snoke was training, kind of like Inquisitors um, in the comics and in, in Rebels. I think that's more or less what they are. I think they're going to be a bunch of badasses for Kylo, but I don't think they were actually students of Luke's. 
what I actually think, going on to the other piece about training the new Jedi, I do think we're going to find some of the surviving. The, the, he said all but a handful of students survived, <clears throat> um, or vice versa. All but a handful were killed. I think these might be the ones that are with Ray now and come out of hiding and try to rebuild and help out. I, I have it in my head, because you'll hear that I have Thrawn back. I have it in my head that Ezra was part of that Jedi uh, Academy, and that comes up a little bit in my fan service bullshit later. Right on. Ernie! Ernie! Check it out. I don't know if you're listening, Ernie, but uh, you commented, so that's that's big time. He said, oh, he says, do you honestly think we will see the Knights of Ren? And yeah, <laughs> I just covered that, so say ditto from my last comment. Let's go with that. But I am happy you commented, Ernie. That's the fallen fat guys who's on just about every show on the RLU, including Sarlacc. Let's see here. Connor Chase, 03, uh, on the actual Sarlacc page, says, Ray and Kylo will probably get together and form the Empire up again. The Jedi form the Jedi Empire up again. Well, I, I don't see it. I hope not. You know, if that's the way they're going, I'm going to be really upset because I think at this point Kylo is irredeemable. I think if they redeem him and we pull off another Return of the Jedi where the bad guy is redeemed at the end and dies, I'm, I'm just going to be pissed off. I want him to die evil, and I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, but that's certainly a, a theory going around that Ray and Kylo will get together, and I'm still not a Raylo at all. Mervine 48. I hope they leave Rey as a nobody and the Knights of Ren. That's all I want. Well, we've discussed the Knights of Ren. I think we're going to get get that. There's no way J.J. taking over this film would, would not go deep into the Knights of Ren like he kind of started. Um, and Rey as a nobody, I'm okay with it. I don't even touch her parentage when I when I think about the movie again, when I start theorizing and going through shit. She has no no part about her parentage at all. Let's see. Ecto Gaza says they all die. I'm going to go ahead and go with no. They're probably not all going to die. All right. Now, last but not least, we have Marco Darth Moocher from Sarlacc Digest fame as well as Who Will Survive Horror Podcast on the RLU. So Marco sent me a voice clip. Hey, and real quick note, I'm kind of disappointed in Scott not sending me a voice clip to hear his voice this week. Damn it. But we got Moocher. So let's go ahead and uh, roll with this. Ready? Hey, Chris, what's up? This is a comment for your next show. It's about Chewbacca. I want him, desperately want him to survive. First off, in episode 9, I think if he's killed off in episode 9, I'm going to be very pissed off. I don't care if it's a blaze of glory or whatnot. I thought about this a lot. When Han died, I wanted Chewie to, you know, kind of fall in the same, you know, footsteps and die a hero. But no, I've been really thinking about it. I don't want him to die at all. I want him to be reunited with his family, um like the books have reinstated that he has a family is reunited with him in the aftermath series what are your thoughts on that uh i'm hoping that he doesn't die i've heard rumors and reports of course they're all with a grain of salt but i've heard rumors that chewbacca was going to die in episode nine but again fuck those rumors i hate them there's your f word for your show also and yeah man let me know what you think later yeah fuck those rumors no, I I, uh, I hope Chewbacca at this point doesn't die. In Force Awakens, when we saw all the teasers and the trailers and everything, I was sure that's who we were going to lose. I actually didn't think we were going to lose Han in the first one. I was sure we were going to lose Chewie, and that it was going to be in that scene when when he was, you know, they were on Starkiller Base and he was planting bombs. I was sure there was going to be some way he had to save everybody else, push them out a door, growl at them, roar at them. And uh, save them, basically. Get them out the door, close it, hold off the First Order, and then go down that way in this explosion he set off. I was sure that's how it was going to happen. But since it didn't, I now I really don't want him to die anyway. Um, any which way, I mean. It, it doesn't matter if it's a blaze of glory, like you said, or saving anybody. I don't want it anymore. Now Chewie can make it through and and be part of whatever they have going forward or just, just survive it, right? I think we're good without any more um, legacy character deaths. We don't need to lose Leia, even though Carrie is gone. I think Leia can live on forever in canon and comics and everything else. I think Lando can survive, and I think Chewie and the droids should all make it through. I mean, 
there's really no point to killing him off in this one uh, to set anything up. It's the last one. No need. You don't have to be like Rogue One and take everybody out. Like Rogue One, we went in. That was one of the things I needed. I needed everybody to die, and it did. In this one, I don't need anybody to die anymore. You know, I understood Han. I understood Luke. But at this point, we're, we're good on losing anybody, especially Chewie. All right, we're just about time. Let's go ahead and uh, get started on my ridiculous fan theory. Not even, again, not even fan theory, just fan bullshit. I put, actually, you know what? Hold on. What time is it? Give me a second. All right, I'm back. Uh, just uh, took a quick break there, went and uh, had dinner with the family, and went and watched Glass. And guess what? Fuck the critics. See, again, this is what I try to tell everybody. Rotten Tomatoes is just full of garbage. The critics think that their title means, and that's, maybe that's what I should have wrote, or wrote the other day, guys. It means that their title means they have to be assholes. They have to be critical. Um, you can be positive on stuff, and it's okay, critics. Uh, Glass was a, a solid movie. Was it as, say, stunning or shocking as Unbreakable or Split? No, because we already knew the characters, right? And we, we knew their story for the most part. But it was really, really good. It had two pretty good twists in it. Um, the acting, James McAvoy is phenomenal in Split and Glass. I, I don't know how he wouldn't get an award. Just watching him and knowing he's switching characters right in front of your face, and you can tell who it is, and he plays like 29 different people. And we got more characters and more personalities out of this movie, again, than we did even last movie. And, and you know, some are fun, some are crazy. It, it's It's a pretty nutty switch between his characters, just like it was in Split. He did a fantastic job. I think Shyamalan did great tying all the movies together, putting them in the same universe. Uh, the The way it played out, I won't do any major spoilers here, but the the way it played out was fucking awesome. And, you know, yeah, yeah I just hate people. I really do. Fuck the critics. Uh, go see Glass. It was well worth it. Um, if nothing else, I mean, if you like the first two, this ties it up beautifully. Um, if you didn't like the first two, you're probably not going to like this, so I guess it's kind of pointless. But yeah, it was a really solid movie. I don't get the hate. I don't get the 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck it. Those people were reviewing it, just like they did with Solo, before even seeing it. Um, the people just want clicks. People want all that shit, so fuck them. Don't take anybody's word for that shit anymore. It, it's just not worth it. It gets everybody riled up. And then what happens is the public at large, right, the normal movie-going community, not, not us geeks, right, but they tend to just take what's given to them via reviews. And, no, that movie sucked. You didn't see it. Have an opinion of yourself or, or for yourself. And even when they go in, they're thinking it's going to suck, so it ends up sucking. You know, it's it's a matter of, of self-fulfilling prophecy. You, you go in there with a negative attitude, you're going to come out with a negative attitude. Go in there open-minded, see what it is, and, and make up your own mind. But I think it was fantastic, so go check that out. I know it wasn't Star Wars related, but fuck it, I'm a well-rounded geek. All right, now time for a few minutes of madness, okay? Um, take this as Darth Dad's pitch to Lucasfilm for Episode Nine before it was ever given to J.J. This is how I would have walked in the room, what I would have explained to them, and been like, hey, let me write and direct this motherfucker, motherfuckers. Uh, this is what I want to see. I'm a fanboy, and this is the shit I want, right? Because you're going to realize it's a whole lot of fan service, but it's explainable and not over the heads of a normal moviegoer. Okay, because I'll bring in characters that have never been seen on big screen that have been in just canon, but it doesn't matter that they don't know the backstory. It just fits, and it's it's okay. And that's I think it's part of the problem of everybody saying, "Oh, this character can't be in this," and this it'll be too much confusion for the regular moviegoer. They'll be wondering who, what, it won't make sense. It'll make total sense. It doesn't matter if they know them or not. But for the geeks, when they pop up, it'll be like, "Oh, fuck! Look who it is." Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> We're going to stick with the title, Hope Reborn. I'm sticking with that, but I'll redo the crawl um, that I did last year and make it fit more towards this one-year gap. I had a five-year gap there, but here we go. We always start in space, right? So it's got to start in space, and we're going to see a multitude of ships, types of ships, um, all converging and surrounding on um, one main group, like a, the rendezvous point, we're going to call it. Okay, This is the rendezvous point of the new Rebel Alliance. So it's going to be a Mon Cal cruiser and everything in the middle. But you're going to see all these other types of ships that we haven't seen before coming in. Um, you're going to notice that it's probably going to it's smuggler crews, pirate crews, um, regular rebels, everything like this. So we're going to focus in on this big-ass pirate ship coming in to this, to this group. Okay. 
Then we're going to slowly, you know, see them all getting there. Some of them latch, what have you. And we're going to head into a hallway, seeing their uh, two folks' feet uh, walking. Okay? And it's going to slowly pan up to see two officers, uh, rebel officers, going. And then you're going to realize that it's a human and a Twi'lek. And then you're going to hear something to the point of, you know, why'd you invite him? So, well, we need all the help we can get, right? And you invited her. And the Twi'lek will retort, basically, well, you did say we need all the help we can get, right? So, <clears throat> and they're going to kind of have this little little confab real fast. But quickly, you're going to know. Almost immediately, you should know that the human is Lando and the Twi'lek is Hera. Okay, now, see, Hera getting into this movie, it doesn't have to be a big part, just stuff like this. We were talking about, like, Admiral Sindola at this point. You know, it isn't, it's not going to be General 30 years later. It's probably Admiral Sindola. Um coming in and it won't matter to the regular moviegoer they'll just see another alien in a command position like when we met Akbar, right but to the rest of us we're going to be like oh shit we know this character's background we we did just put Hera on a live screen and had her talking to Lando and talking about these characters that we're about to meet in a second how fucking awesome is this it won't lose anything on the regular moviegoer so there we go with cameo one now we open into a room, and this is going to be kind of reminiscent of the old Return of the Jedi meeting on the Mon Cal cruiser, okay? But this time you're going to have a, a different group of characters around them, like a, a darker set. You're going to see that it's a bunch of smugglers, a bunch of gangsters, um, regular rebels, and pirates. And right now, as they're walking in the room, uh, immediately to the other door walks in is going to be uh, a weak way pirate, and we're gonna we're gonna realize it right off the bat as Hondo, okay? So we're gonna load up right in the beginning with crazy characters that again the normal moviegoers won't give a shit that they don't know. They're just gonna be like, oh, that's a cool looking character, and Hondo will say something smart, you know, in his voice and over over to Lando, and hear his direction about something, okay? But you're gonna have a a Hondo cameo here, and then as you pan the room, you're gonna realize that uh, you know there could be Faleen there, there could be all sorts of different gangster groups um but the big one that's not going to really get much mention just be there in the corner is the her she was talking about and we're going to see kira older just we're going to see crimson dawn is is here too to help out see the whole point's going to be and it would be kind of be brought up in the crawl is that the first order has just you know gone haywire over the entire galaxy nobody can do anything this is affecting the the regular people the rebels the the smugglers, the gangsters, the pirates, everybody is through with this First Order thing, so they have to combine, right? Now, the, the Rebel Alliance now isn't looking to fix the government like the Rebellion was and look for a, a new new order type of thing. They're just trying to get rid of the fucking First Order at this point. Like, it's so bad that they're not even thinking about, you know, reconstructing the a new New Republic. They're just wanting to get the fucking rid of the First Order. So they'll do whatever they can and whatever they have to. Now, during this discussion, you're going to come up and uh, hear talk of the First Order and their supreme leader and how he's lost his mind and, and this and that, and how are we going to deal with him. And somebody will say, well, forget him for a minute. How are we going to deal with their their military? Their military has been so you know, perfect and, and their tactics and this and that, and whoever's leading this military has is, is just got the genius of blah, blah, blah. And you can see where I'm going already, right? This is not difficult to get all these people in <clears throat> um and then Hera again whisper i can't believe he's back so again that'll give us a clue and we should already know who who they're talking about okay now they're talking about how they appreciate everybody there but they're still short basically he heads right they can't compete with the first order with what they have they're still lacking even with all the the help from the you know the criminal underworld as it were they're still short on people so then somebody in the corner will raise their hand and basically like, I have an idea. Knight would raise their hand. It's not school. So he's like, I have an idea. I know where we can get some bodies. Okay. And it's going to be that cool, smooth voice. Um, we're going to notice to us, again, this will be a character from the EU, and we're just going cameo crazy in the beginning, right? Fan service for days. Okay. But again, regular moviegoer doesn't have to know anything, but the rest of us will be like, oh, shit, they are really tying everything in. So it's going to be talent card has an idea of uh, where to get more bodies. Okay, and Talon Card, if you don't know, is from the uh, Heir to the Empire trilogy and from the Hand of Thrawn. Awesome character in there. Just throw him in, in here. I think he should have been the Master Codebreaker in The Last Jedi. Everybody else thought it was should have been Lando. I thought it should have been somebody like Talon Card. 
I think it would have been worked out way better, but you know, whatever. Then he goes through it and he says how it won't be easy. He's going to need help and he's going to need uh, to use their protocol droid. He's going to have to take 3PO, right? And a few transports and et cetera, et cetera. They're going to need stuff. Okay. He'll be warned by the, the leaders of the, the rebellion that they're almost out of time and they're, they're stretched here, right? They, they need to hurry and they need everybody now because intelligence has told them that an attack is coming, the, the last attack. And uh, he's okay. I'm on my way. Let's go. And then at that same time, uh, you know, Lando is one of these leaders up top, Lando and Hera and, and whoever else they have up there. But Lando sends Poe, uh, it's time to get Rey and the Jedi. So kind of alluding to the fact that she's training others. It's not just her. Um, it's time to get Rey and the Jedi. So he sends Poe to go. And then Finn obviously uh, insists on going. And this is how they get together to that planet that we saw um, in the behind the scenes footage. Okay, so that's it. Everybody's on their way to, to their missions. Now we're looking for um, card goes off one way with the group. Poe goes off another way with the group. And you can kind of see the leadership like stressed, right? Nobody looks confident here. This is like one of those things where they know they're overmatched. They're looking for help. They're struggling. They're pulling things together. It's never like even in return, they seem to have their shit together, right? In Empire, they seem to have their shit together. In New Hope, they always have their shit together. This time, it's just really they are pulling everything they can to try and win this fight. There is no um, major plan, after plan, anything like that. They just have to destroy the First Order, kill Kylo, and kill this new military leader. So now we're going to cut, as they leave, we're going to cut into a First Order meeting. So you're going to see meetings on both sides. Now you're going to see Supreme Leader Kylo Ren back in a mask, okay? Because as I've discussed, Kylo Ren in a mask is more terrifying to most people, and most people haven't seen him without the mask. So he'll be in a newly constructed, he's going to be Vader, very Vader-esque in this movie. Look a lot like his jumpsuits, and you'll get to the reason why and how he gets all this stuff in a little while. But that's what you're going to see is uh, him looking very Vader-like, just just with a mix of Kylo stuff uh, put in. But anyway, Kylo will be addressing his top officers. You know, you're going to see Hux. Uh, you're going to see a lot of just tons of officers there. Some holograms, some not. You know, kind of think like the Kyde Mundy when he's not really there. You know, that kind of stuff. And as he's talking about the sieges and uh, how they've pretty much got the whole galaxy at their thumb and go through this, you can see Hux kind of rolling his eyes um, as Kylo credits uh, all these victories to their their military leader and it pans over and you see the white uniform and you see the blue face and red eyes of Thrawn. And as Kylo continues to speak, we couldn't have done this, you know, without my leadership and without Thrawn and the Chiss ascendancy. And that'll kind of just bring all of them in again. The regular moviegoer doesn't have to know who this is. He just brought him in, thanked him. You know, he's a, a major officer like Tarkin. We never got introduced to Tarkin in his backstory. Piet, anybody, we never got introduced to officer backstories, ever. Hux. We just know they're a person of power. We don't need everything in the movie to understand it and, and appreciate. So here we go. Now we're at Thrawn. So already we've seen Hera. We've seen Hondo. We've seen Kira. Maybe a Phalene or two um, in the background. A couple other things like that. We're already at now uh, Thrawn. All this. And regular moviegoer just thinks they're getting a whole bunch of aliens in a Star Wars movie. So I'll be damned. Win-win, right? Now, as we mentioned, uh, we know that Rey is off training Jedi, right? So here, at the uh, end of this speech that Kylo gives to his officers and and Thrawn and and what have you, and and they mention of Chiss Ascendancy, and we know that Thrawn's brought an army with him as well to help the First Order. So now there's really just, they're overpowering people, right? He sends the First Fleet now off uh, with the Knights of Ren, who were there surrounding Kylo and Thrawn and Hux. Um, the Knights of Ren are all there, and they're, it's time for them to go and destroy the Jedi. So they're sending a fleet with the Knights of Ren to go fight. Um, they found out where Rey is hiding, and they're going to go destroy the Jedi. And then uh, as they're gone, he's all, I'm going to return to my base, and I'll, I'll meet up after you've destroyed the Jedi. He's basically through going out there hand-to-hand at this moment, unless he really has to. He doesn't want to deal with Ray. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He just wants Ray destroyed, right? Now that Luke is gone, his dad is gone, he doesn't know what happened to his mom, but he found out where Ray is and, and knows that there's a um, a disturbance in the Force where there's all these Jedi. You know, it was easy for him to find at this point because he still has a link to, to Ray, so it's not hard for, or it's not easy for her to hide from him. 
Now we cut to the new Jedi Academy. I haven't got what planet this is going to be on. They're going to create some new ass hidden planet, and I'm okay with that. Um, but it's the planet that we where we're going to see Poe and Ray on, or Poe and Finn on in the uh, the uh, behind the scenes photos. Okay, but you're going to see Ray here training all sorts of Jedi, um, all sorts of different races, etc. Right? They're going to you're going to see them practicing going through their their motions, their forms uh, with the lightsaber. Okay. Um, so it'll take a minute or two and kind of pan around and see Ray talking to these, these Jedi and you're going to see that, you know, there's Ithorians or Wookiees or, you know, whatever, Rodians, whatever the fuck. We're going to have all sorts of familiar faces and non-familiar faces in this Jedi, uh, training. Now at this point too, no, at this point they won't figure it out. But what's going to happen in backstory is these, these people being trained are part of Luke's old academy. Uh, the one that got destroyed, the one where most of them were killed but a handful, this is, some of those people are in here, right? They're going to be the older, more wizened ones. Um, that's what's going to happen here. So after this training piece, you're gonna, we're going to see her walk back to her quarters, okay? And she's going to start speaking, basically, to herself. And you're going to realize he's actually speaking with Luke. Um, and then Luke comes in, and he's talking about the progress she's making and how well they're doing with the new Jedi. Like he's been part of this training the whole time. He's been her support, right? Uh, the progress, but that there's a, a disturbance in the Force. So he's feeling it, too. So he knows there's a disturbance. He knows somebody's coming for here, and she, he tells her, basically, you're in danger. He's all, do you feel it? Do you sense it? There's something coming. And we know already the Knights of Ren and the First Fleet are coming after them. So right after we have this discussion, we're going to see Finn and Poe arrive on the planet uh, where the Jedi are. They're going to go through a little bit of their back and forth, and you'll throw some comedy in here. I'm not doing all the lines, by the way, obviously. I'm not going to do a three-hour show here. Um, but they're having trouble finding the temple, and they find a local guide, and that's who we see in these behind-the-sea photos, too, with the nerfs. And they're, they're riding nerfs, basically, to find the temple. When we get through it, they're going to eventually meet up with Ray, and they're going to let her know it's time. We we have to go, and she's already ready because you know, her and Luke had already spoke. So they're going to go ahead and uh, leave here. It's just going to take her some time to get um, the rest of the people ready and, and prepped and on transports and ready to go and on their own ships. Now we're going to cut to the card group, okay? And now we're going to see that it's Hera's with him, that Snap and Hondo, and they're all together. But they're all together on what we find out to be the Ghost. So we've got that ship in in Episode Nine. Okay, you'll when we when we're coming into it, you'll see that the the pirate ship is tailing them through hyperspace. You'll see that the wild card is attached or uh, tethered to uh, the Ghost. That's how they're all on the Ghost at this point. But they're discussing, you know, basically the plan. And will it work and what it means to all of them. We'll go through a few minutes of, you know, uh, breaking down the, the plan and what they're going to do, but not being specific on the plan. Is this going to work? Well, it's our only choice. You know, we, we need everything we can get. Um, I came across this planet, you know, years ago and, and thought it might uh, suit us if we ever needed help and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So as they come up to the planet, it, it cuts back and we come out of hyperspace and you see it. And you can see that it almost looks dead, right? Except for a, a area from space where you can see light. So there, there's this one place, and they, they come down to it. And it's going to look like fortresses and, and factories and all this stuff. Not seeing what's going on really still, but you can tell that just this one part of a dead planet is alive with uh, factories, with manufacturing, that kind of stuff. Okay? So we'll stick with them for a few minutes, but we won't get to the, the meat of it. We'll get back to Ray and team. And they're prepped to leave, and then the First Order appear, okay? This is when you see the, the troopers, the Knights of Ren, everybody get out for this huge ground fight, okay? Um, so now you see the Knights of Ren, these, the, the troopers with the staffs, everything going at it with these, uh, with these Jedi. You'll have some kind of new trooper, too, some kind of, uh, you know, force fighting, like a Praetorian Guard, but different because they're all gone. But you'll have somebody else here with the Knights of Ren, especially trained for this kind of shit. Um, huge ground fight. We're going to see a lot of Jedi fall, maybe a, a Knight of Ren or two. Um, but they'll, they'll quickly see that they're even overmatched at this point. Even being Jedi, um, they're just overmatched. And they begin to flee, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's where they'll go. You know, they're going to, it's time for them to go where Finn and Poe were telling them. Okay. Now, let's, uh, after we see this battle, we're going to go back to the First Order ship. Um, Grand Admiral Thrawn speaking to Ren. 
that he's now deduced the location of the uh, rebel base, and it's time to finish him. Now, Hux is there, too, and every time we see Hux with Kylo, and he's always near Kylo, he's rolling his eyes, or he's got some kind of look. You can tell that he despises Kylo Ren. We've always known that, but it's like getting to the point where he's been abused by him, you know, uh, not giving credit for anything. You know, Thrawn is the new this and that. He's jealous, okay? Um, he's he's tired of, of hearing about Thrawn. He's tired of Kylo. He's tired of all this stuff. So after this talk about finding the base, <clears throat> we see... Uh, Hux go off and sending a message in the corner. And we don't know what he's doing, but he's talking on a communicator. Okay, and we figure this out. I mean, we're all smart people. We know what he's doing. Okay. Um, BB-8 gets a message to Dameron. Okay, now we're on a, on a different view and we're on that planet. And uh, Dameron's like, are you serious? How could, This can't even be true. And he rushes back, you know, to the base with this message and they're all flying when they've already left the Jedi planet and they're going but only Poe has heard this message to this point and they get back to the uh, the base okay and we find that the base is a very familiar planet we come out of hyperspace and it's a desert planet turns out the new rebel base is on Tatooine so we get a return to Tatooine alright and the actual base is going to be based in Jabba's palace so I think that's going to be that would be rad to me, right? We're getting everything here, uh, going old school, original trilogy, but now we've taken Jabba's Palace. We know how big it is and what it has, tunnels and all this stuff, and we can build. They'll, they'll have built out um, modular buildings around it, you know, flight flight areas, all this stuff, but Jabba's Palace is the new rebel base. Um, so basically Poe shows the message. They're not sure if they can trust it, but they got to get ready um, knowing that a the, the attack is coming. Oh, I forgot to mention, when they left, when the Jedi left uh, their other planet, when Poe, Finn, Rey, and they all leave there, right, um, at this point, you know, she had been talking to Luke, it's going to pan back and you're going to see Luke, Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan, and Yoda sitting there talking about what what's at stake now and will this work, and Yoda will talk about the future future being in motion, and he's seen many different outcomes, but, you know, this could be the one, this is the one chance. So here we go. Now we've seen the, the three force goes to. Now you're going to notice that Ray isn't there at the base. Her Jedi are there, but nobody else is there. Okay. And we're going to find out that it's because Luke spoke to Ray again, telling her that she needed to go somewhere else, that her destiny is on another path type of thing. You know, stuff we've heard before, but this time it's really literally taking her straight to her destiny. Okay. So now we're we're flying in and you see where Ray is and Ray's coming up on a dark planet with uh orange and red light. Um it's Mustafar. We can tell right now that it's Mustafar. And this is where Kylo Ren has been. This is Kylo Ren's base. This now he's taken over Vader's castle. It's now Ren's castle. You know, and before she gets there, we're going to pan in and see Kylo there um meditating, basically talking to a ghost now. We're going to have a lot of ghost shit in here of Vader. Not Anakin so much, but my, kind of an amalgam of Anakin, Vader, right? Good and bad. He's going to be twisted, like like some of the um, art we saw before The Force Awakens of a possible Force ghost of Anakin, where he's, he's torn between the light and the dark. But right now, he's giving him visions, showing him how to get basically the world between worlds, but not using those terms. And we're not going to go that far into Rebels, but he's going to have all these visions, these flashbacks. He'll see um, Palpatine, younger. Um, we'll see uh, the creation of Vader, on uh, getting the mask on, we're going to see, you know, certain things. Maybe the day he got, he was found by Qui-Gon. All sorts of stuff he's going to see um, in his vision. And that's what's going to um, take place on Mustafar. But, you know, you're going to tell that he's got still Vader stuff. You might even walk by and see the the tank. and But we'll find the throne, and that's where Kylo's basically going to sit. And then when Rey pops in, that's where... Kylo is and she'll she'll try to talk to him for a minute but not trying to turn him necessarily but telling him you know it's it's give it up now or, or you're doomed type of thing um, and they'll, they'll have banter back and forth but eventually it's just going to come down to a, a lightsaber duel on Mustafar okay but as this is going on we're going to cut back the first order getting to Tatooine and starting to lay it down right they're going to start fighting in the air we're going to see that first um, lots of stuff going on. You're going to see the First Order is really taken down. 
the rebellion. They're losing a lot of pilots. They're losing a lot of people. The first order is going to take this down. They're ready to destroy it. And Thrawn's up there like this is the end. We will we'll put our foot down. This is the end of the rebellion. The first order will reign. Blah 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you're going to get from hyperspace two different angles. People coming in. The first one's going to be um, the pirate ship. That group, right? And you're going to see it trailed by tons and tons of ships. Um, transports, things you recognize from the Clone Wars, by the way, and I won't say it yet because it'll completely show it, but right there you, you you see what he's bringing. And as he shows up, all of a sudden you're going to see the Millennium Falcon come out of hyperspace with a whole bunch of ships. But we hadn't seen the Falcon yet, and we hadn't seen Chewbacca, but you hear this growl over the uh, the Falcon from coming from the Falcon, and you know Chewie's here. So they start to fight in the air a bit, but a bunch of the ships come down to the ground to give uh, ground support because now they're getting pummeled on, on Tatooine. And you realize what had happened was Talon Card, that planet, was an old droid foundry. So now he's brought in uh, battle droids, thousands upon thousands of battle droids that have been sitting on this planet. It'll kind of get explained throughout the story. But, you know, like I said, this is just a rough outline. But he comes in with all these battle droids to help fight the First Order to give them numbers. And then Chewbacca lands with all his ships, and it's him and his Wookiee. So here's your family, Marco, right here. His family comes out as his people come out. And now you have a shit ton of Wookiees and droids helping fight this fight to end the First Order. So we'll have our normal Star Wars back and forth now. Now we have the ground fight on Tatooine. We have the uh, aerial fight in space above Tatooine. And we're going to have our lightsaber duel on Mustafar again. Okay. Now, when it gets down to it, we're going to see that the the uh, rebellion is starting to come alive. Um, they talk about hope. They go through all these things, and and there's just this this uh, power within them now that they they can take on the first order. And you see them turning the tides. And you see Thrawn actually get frustrated. Um, so we go there, and we go back down to the ground. Then we go to Mustafar, where now they're fighting. Okay, and they're fighting in, within the castle, not so much out in the lava like. Um, episode 3 but they're in the castle going nuts and back and forth and not much talk now now it's just just fighting and you're going to see just badass choreography on the stuff stuff we've never seen before but you know including the, the flipping and the jumping but the force powers and stuff you haven't seen don't try to play fucking mind games with each other during this it's, it's going to be a mess it's going to be stuff we haven't seen that's what I really want okay but back and forth we go um, eventually we get to the point where Kylo and her are at the end, and, and they're both tore up, they're both cut, you know, somebody's probably lost a limb at this point, I don't know which one, but somebody's got to lose a limb, right? Um, But Kylo can sense the problems going on, he can sense the First Order, and she says, you can feel it, can't you, that you've lost, that this is over, that, you know, the rebellion, that hope will always, blah, 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 shall come to me, this is your last chance. And right before she starts to swoop down after, he tells her no, and she's going to finish this, Right, she's gonna let into the dark side and finish this. He turns the saber on himself, you know, like he did to Han, but he does it to himself, and he falls back into the uh, the lava stream that runs through Vader's castle. So we get the end of the last Skywalker. Ray didn't get to kill him; he killed himself. So he wasn't redeemed, but he he ended it. He was done. He was. They weren't gonna catch capture him. They weren't gonna take him. He wasn't gonna give her the satisfaction. Any of this, he was done. He finished it, and he. He ended. So then we get back and, and, you know, all of our leaders are still alive. They're taking down the First Order, all this stuff. They've uh, destroyed the Chimera. Uh, you know, this stuff all has to go through, obviously, the building. I'm not going to go through step by step on, on how a space fight ends up destroying a Star Destroyer. But we've seen it before. You can you can picture that piece. But we see the end of Thrawn. We've seen the end now of... Um, Kylo Ren. At this point, we probably saw Hux trying to escape, but Hux got blown up by somebody. You know, he was trying to escape. The First Order blew him to shit. Um, so they're all gone. Basically, the First Order now is is headless, and then they're destroying them on the ground too. The Wookiees, the battle droid, the rebels, the you know all that. The pirates are that's how that's how the Chimera got destroyed. The pirates and the smugglers and everybody converged on them and destroyed the Chimera. Um, down below, you see the droids and the Wookiees just wrecking the. Uh, people on the ground and you see the Jedi taking on the Knights of Ren down there a lot and eventually gain the upper hand and, and taking them out as well so that's really it and eventually you get Rey obviously showing back up um, to the aftermath they'll be on Tatooine we'll kind of end with the probably the three main characters now and Chewie 
on Tatooine looking up and uh, or maybe whoever's left, right? If we can get Leia, yeah, I think that's actually a better idea. Let's do that. Let's do Leia and Lando and and Chewie and the new folks all looking up to the twin suns going down. And that's how we're going to end Star Wars Episode Nine with that scene. You know, some of our original, some of our new, and obviously the droids, um, all three of them really. You'll have R2, 3PO, and BB-8 um, just looking up at the Tatooine suns uh, going down. So that's it. That's my rough pitch for Episode Nine. had J.J. not already had it. Now, obviously, there's cleaning to do. There's, you know, put this piece there, this piece there, just tighten it up, um, and obviously put some little more action and uh, the the dialogue. But for the most part, oh, my! the one dialogue that has to be in there, when the droids land, right? When the droids land and they get out on Tatooine, somebody has to say, oh, no, sand. And the other one's going to go, Roger, Roger. It gets everywhere. You know, you got to hear that. That'll be the last tie-in we need. So that's definitely going to happen with the battle droids. So that's going to be stuck in your head now. If that doesn't happen, that's going to be a disappointment. But anyway, that, that's, uh, that's it. Tell me what you think. Um, give me feedback on that. Give me feedback. What else you would change? What else you'd like to see? Give me questions for next week. You know, whatever you guys want to do. You guys found me here. I don't know if you found me on SoundCloud, iTunes, or www.rawlifepod.com, but whatever you're doing, you know, find us weekly here. Find us on the Sarlacc Digest. And then uh, check out all the other shows on the RLU. There's tons of them. Lots of us are on uh, opposite shows. Like I've got this one and Sarlacc. Marco's on um, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast. Uh, Scott's on Nerds with Attitude and Nerd Tunes, and Ernie's on every fucking show on the network, including uh, They're Not Dolls, hosted by the Toy Migos, and that's his big show there, and uh, The Podcasting Dead, which will be coming back uh, when Walking Dead starts back up. All right. So, uh, again, tell me what you think, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Hope you enjoyed the show, and until next time. I'll see you in hell. What I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request. Make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing, and we have a backstory? And but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks and yeah, and, yeah. Well, what about I like it. Maybe instead of you know doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe. Ooh he can you know just record a promo for us sometime do you think i, I mean we I, might have to like raise some money we can do a kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like robert england and you know sure, just, sure. just all kinds of actors and and i think people will do that i think sure why not well you know what? i don't know maybe we're overthinking this whole thing how about if we just tell people where to find us i like that you can find us at who will survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me? That and would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture, nerd news, TV shows, movies, comics, no, and toys. Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin, movie reviews with President Rob, Kevin interviews, and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin interviews. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes one more Star Wars podcast. Yeah!
The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuzon Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head, it, it, I shed a Holy tear, shit, man. Dude. What? Not f***ing canon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is it so hard for everybody to understand? The Passion. So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting and the, and the tears forming, and it's just, the soundtrack just starts raising. And then, uh, you know it's a movie, right? What? The fandom. Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand new exclusive Luke and Leia vans, my Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, oh did I tell you that I was going to get my next? Uh... And the collecting world. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles? Half circle. You got Palpatine Blue Saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***? No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com. Uh, Figs and Flicks is uh, part of the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network, which means you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or the listening platform of your choice. Or you can go directly to rawlivepod.com. Yay!